You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hello and welcome to On the Road with Mac and Molly. This is your host, Donna Haleson. Thanks for tuning in. Well, it's been nearly two years now since my husband, Gene, and I, with our sibling pair of old English sheepdogs, Mac and Molly, set out on our road trip across North America. Our days have been filled with adventures and misadventures. We've met fascinating people, from gold panners and a family of wild mushroom pickers in Oregon, to a moonshiner in Louisiana, from a cattle rancher in South Dakota, to Gullah Geechee sweetgrass basket weavers in South Carolina. We've been awed by glorious natural wonders from the Grand Canyon in Arizona to the hoodoo-filled Bryce Amphitheater in Utah, from the lush and soul-soothing Appalachian Mountains in Tennessee to the barren salt flats of Badwater in California's Death Valley. Along the way, we've also had many, many surprise encounters with wild animals in their natural habitats. Grizzlies, black bears, coyotes, bighorn sheep, prairie dogs, pronghorns, mountain goats, alligators, bald eagles, elk, bison, even a band of begging burrows. In this episode, I'll be recounting some of the most magical and memorable of these encounters. So please sit, stay. We'll be right back after this pause. Sit, stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Pet Life Radio has tail-wagging, fur-flying, fabulous deals for our listeners from Petco. Get $6 off your order of $60 or more and up to 40% off the entire Petco site. That's right, but that's not all. Because you're a Pet Life Radio listener, you'll also get free shipping on your order of $49 or more. $6 off, up to 40% off, and free shipping from Pet Life Radio and Petco. To get these awesome deals, go to PetcoDeals.com. That's PetcoDeals.com. Petco, where the pets go. I'm not much of a reader, but I do wish I were more well read. There are so many great books coming out. I wish I could find a way to keep up. Audible.com makes it easy to stay well-informed and catch up on your reading simply by listening. Audiobooks from Audible turn downtime into uptime. You'll be more productive and become well-read. Now I'm able to catch up on all the great books I've been wanting to read. With Audible, I feel smarter. Pet Life Radio listeners, try Audible.com now and get your first 30 days of Audible Listener Gold Membership plan free. And get a free audiobook. Choose from over 100,000 titles. To get this great deal, go to audibledeals.com. That's audibledeals.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. You're listening to On the Road with Mac and Molly on Pet Life Radio. From the time our daughter Brooke was little more than a toddler, through her teen years and even to her adulthood, she and I made regular visits to the Audubon Sanctuary 
in our hometown of Ipswich, Massachusetts. There, we would meander down the woodland paths, climb up the drumlin and esker, and stroll through the meadows to our favorite spot, the rockery. We would settle ourselves into one of the hideaways by the rockery pond to listen to the pickerel frogs and to search for birds, painted turtles, and other wild things. In every moment, we would breathe in and revel in the beauty of the created order. After our sit, we'd scramble up and around the cave-like rock formations near the water, and as we did, we would each unpack our days. A number of years have passed since those sublime hours in the rockery. Brooke is now married and has toddlers of her own. Three years ago, she moved with her husband, a Marine, to Japan, and there they stayed till just weeks ago. While they were all on the other side of the globe, Brooke and I turned to other avenues for our unpacking. Skype, Facebook, email, the post, the telephone. With Jean retired, with my work as a writer transportable, and with Brooke and her family so far away, Jean and I decided in the summer of 2010 to launch into a time of wayfaring. We sold or packed away most of our belongings and set out on a journey across North America. Our goal was to seek out experiences that would be outside of our experiences. Over this time, our meanderings have taken us over continuously changing interior and exterior terrains. Our days of wayfaring and the lessons gleaned from this rubber hobo life are now the subject of a book on which I am at work. I should probably note here that I would define a rubber hobo as a free-spirited wayfarer, with no attached to the land home, who travels about the country in a rubber-tired vehicle. A rubber hobo may work at odd jobs along the way, but he or she remains unencumbered enough to answer the call of the open road whenever it may come. Though today we are admittedly far from our much-loved Ipswich with its much-cherished Audubon Sanctuary, I have found new sanctuaries for the mind and heart and spirit, and I am still venturing out from my room to follow the road to new rockeries, places of yearning and searching and learning. As I reflect, I note that some of the most remarkable moments in my life have come through surprise encounters in the natural world. As I prepared the narrative for this program, I recalled a trip I made with friends to Zimbabwe. We were in that country working as journalists, but were able to take a few days away from researching and writing to visit Wange National Park and Victoria Falls. We chose as home base for our trip Wange Safari Lodge, a 100-room hotel that sits on 33,000 acres abutting the 3.5 million acre national park. Most of the lodge's rooms and suites overlook a waterhole and savanna bush and all come equipped with mosquito nets. On our first evening at the lodge, after a buffet of traditional African fare, my friends and I made our way at sundown toward the waterhole. There we spied, silhouetted in the half-light glow, a herd of more than 40 elephants coming in to take an end of the day drink. The adults strode in slowly, and their young clung close to their sides. I couldn't hold back the tears, and found myself weeping and weeping, overcome by so many emotions. I felt so privileged to be in their presence, but there was even more to the moment, for behind them, in the distance, I could see herds of impala, zebra, and wildebeest racing across the savannah. The images from that night are indelibly stamped on my heart and memory, and I find I am, even now, near to tears as I place myself again in that space, in that moment, at Wange. The morning after this encounter, 
one of my companions and I were awakened by a commotion in a neighboring room. Our friend Diane had disregarded the warnings of the hotel staff and had left the sliding glass door to her patio slightly ajar. She had quite the rude awakening when she opened her eyes to find a vervet monkey cavorting about her room. After some loud hand clapping and shouting, the three of us were finally able to shoo the uninvited guest out of doors. Later that day, or perhaps it was the next, my companions and I stopped for tea at the Victoria Falls Hotel. This gracious grand old lady of the falls, established in 1904, is set in the midst of lush tropical gardens. It epitomizes the romance of grand travel, but it is also a place where, again, we were to be entertained by vervet monkeys. These impish creatures reminded me of the squirrels who frequented my bird feeders in New England. The vervets were just as numerous and just as mischievous. In another spot on another day, three of these delightful fellows lined up on a log for me in perfectly profiled poses. (laughs) What a great photo op they presented. When I was traveling some days later in a jeep en route somewhere, I spied three young warthogs off the road. I asked the driver to stop and raced into the bush to take some photographs. I was getting some fabulous shots when suddenly a question popped into my mind. Where's Mummy? It was right about then, and the foolhardiness of my impromptu mission became apparent to me. A large female warthog seemed to come out of nowhere to face me. I backed away respectfully, and thank God I was able to make it safely back to the jeep. I learned a lesson that day, and I am truly grateful Mama Warthog left me alive to share it. Human beings can behave so foolishly. Human beings can abandon all reason, all common sense, when faced with a good photo op in the wild. I'll never forget a story told to me by Nevada Barr in an interview for this program. Barr, who is now an award-winning author of mysteries, spent many years as a park ranger. I nearly keeled over when she recounted how a friend who had worked at Yellowstone National Park had to write a man a ticket for smearing ice cream on his daughter's cheeks in hopes of getting a good picture of a grizzly licking it off. Really? Good grief! But then when Gina and I were visiting Yellowstone, we couldn't believe our eyes as we watched two young men leap from their vehicle to make a mad dash into the woods, tripod and camera in hand, trying to get a close-up photo of a grizzly that we and they had spied some yards off the park road. Jean and I were quite content to remain at a more respectful distance. And thank God again, like my mama warthog, this grizzly allowed this pair of photogs to live another day. Yellowstone is the flagship of the National Park Service, and based on our experience, we would say it is the place in the country to find wildlife. Visitors can view much of the park from the comfort of a vehicle, or they may hike the miles and miles of trails to backcountry destinations. Yellowstone is spread out over 2,219,789 acres, making it larger than the states of Rhode Island and Delaware combined. Seven species of ungulates, bison, moose, elk, mule deer, mountain goat, bighorn sheep, and pronghorn. Two species of bear, grizzly and black, 67 other species of mammals, 322 species of birds, and 16 species of fish, all call the park home. There are more than 1,100 species of native plants, more than 200 species of exotic plants, 
and more than 400 species of thermophiles, microorganisms that grow best at elevated temperatures. Yellowstone boasts 10,000 thermal features and more than 300 geysers. It has one of the world's largest petrified forests and more than 290 waterfalls. There are nine visitor centers and 12 campgrounds. Yellowstone was the first national park established in the world, and it should be the first park on any list of places to visit. Yellowstone is, as I said, the place to see wildlife. Hints at that truth became immediately evident to us upon our arrival at the park. As we passed through Yellowstone's south entrance, we were greeted by Buffalo Butt. We drove along for quite a distance, looking at the backside of this bull that just took his sweet, sweet time strolling down the road, unperturbed by and seemingly oblivious to all of the vehicles that were inching along behind him. Some days later, I would see another bull that had planted himself next to the park's mud volcano, showing a similar disinterest in all the folks eagerly clamoring and clustering around him, trying to get the best photo. He plopped himself down for an afternoon sit, and that was that. On the walk up to the mud volcano could also be seen a jackrabbit, who was placidly sunning herself just a few inches away from a snake that was moving in her direction. One is certain to come across a good many bear jams, traffic delays, throughout Yellowstone, as folks stop in their tracks, in their vehicles, or on foot, whenever one of the park's denizens comes into view. And just before sunset, great numbers of folk compete for the best parking spots adjacent to Hayden Valley, which has come to be called by many America's Serengeti. The soil in this former lake bed permits little tree growth, and the shrub and grassland valley plants are frequented by grazing animals, from rodents to large ungulates like elk, moose, and bison, and they in turn attract predators, bears, coyotes, and wolves. Folks pick a hillside, cop a squat, pull out the binoculars and cameras with their mega-mega telephoto lenses, and marvel. Home base for our stay at Yellowstone was Fishing Bridge, a campground that apparently sits in Bear Central. Here, only hard camping units are allowed, and the rules regarding bears are given to visitors verbally and in writing. You're not to leave any item with an odor outside, day or night, unless that item is in immediate use. That means no food or food containers, no water or beverage containers, no pet food or pet water containers, no eating or drinking utensils, no cook stoves or grills, no ice chests or coolers, no trash bags, and no litter. You're warned that failure to comply with the rules could result in damage to your property or injury to or the death of a person in your party. Failure to comply could also result in the removal of a bear from the Yellowstone ecosystem. Incidentally, bear spray especially designed to repel bears, pepper spray, is available at retail outlets in and surrounding the park. When you're visiting Yellowstone, you're warned to be alert for tracks, warned to stay away from carcasses, as bears will defend them, and you're warned to stay at least 100 yards away from not only bears, but wolves as well. You're wise to give other animals, bison, elk, bighorn sheep, deer, moose, and coyotes, at least 25 yards of breathing room. Bison are especially unpredictable and dangerous, 
They can weigh up to 2,000 pounds and can sprint 30 miles an hour. We did see quite a number of bison at Yellowstone, but I might note here that the largest concentrations of this creature that we've seen to date are found in Custer State Park in South Dakota. Yellowstone's coyotes are among the largest in the United States. Adults average about 30 pounds. Coyotes live an average of six years, although one report I read claimed that a Yellowstone coyote lived to be more than 13 before she was killed and eaten by a cougar. We were thrilled to come across at midday and at a close but safe distance, a coyote as it was traveling through one of the park's open valleys hunting for small prey. In Yellowstone, we also saw great numbers of elk, even quite a few hanging about at park headquarters at Mammoth Hot Springs. We also spied black bears, osprey, trumpeter swans, moose, and mule deer. Well, let's take a break. When we return, we'll head to Colorado, where we'll find deer at a post office. Then we'll be on to South Dakota, where prairie dogs have contracted the bubonic plague, and where feral Began Burroughs, looking for a handout, boldly approach passers-by. And finally, we'll make our way to California, where in Death Valley, we'll consider the power of silence in the night. We'll be right back. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Introducing the new Brett Michaels Pets Rock Collection, exclusively at PetSmart. I created it for the pets that rock your world. Shop the Brett Michaels Pets Rock Collection and celebrate PetSmart's 25th anniversary with up to 25% off thousands of items on the PetSmart site. Plus free shipping on orders of $49 or more. Go to PetSmartDeal.com. That's PetSmartDeal.com. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com. Love your pets but wish their medications were a lot less expensive? They are at 1-800-PET-MEDS. You'll not only save on flea and heartworm medications, but on prescriptions for arthritis, incontinence, thyroid, and more. And you get fast service, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Plus, our licensed pharmacists ensure accuracy, monitor drug interaction, and more. See why over 5 million people have trusted their pet's health to 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. Call now or order online. Go to 1-800-PETMEDS.COM forward slash road R-O-A-D to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more at PETMEDS.COM. Dyson. The new Dyson Animal Backs are powerful bagless upright backings for homes with pets. Air muscle and radio root cyclone technology generates the strongest suction power to powerfully remove dust, dirt, and pet hair from the home or car. To order your Dyson Animal Back, go to DysonDeals.com. DysonDeals.com to order your Dyson Animal Back today. Dyson. Music to your ears. Your groomer is going to hate me. Hi, I'm Allie McLennan. Join me for my Pet Life Radio show, Groom for Improvement. You're going to save time and money with these tips from my New York City grooming table. From product recommendations to do's and don'ts, I am going to hook you up. So just do me a favor and don't mention this to your groomer. Groom for Improvement on Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. 
Welcome back. You're listening to On the Road with Mac and Molly on Pet Life Radio. This is your host, Donna Haleson. As we've been traveling about the country, one thing that's particularly struck me is that we have often seen large animals, white-tailed deer, mule deer, elk, mountain goat, even bighorn sheep, in the middle of densely populated neighborhoods. In Manitou Springs, Colorado, we met two deer walking up the steps to the post office. In Estes Park, Colorado, we came across at least a dozen young elk grazing in a field adjacent to a retail complex. Not far from there, we saw another dozen or more bighorn sheep scrambling up a hillside in a residential neighborhood. It was also in Colorado where we found a mountain goat lounging on the lawn of a bed and breakfast. Scholarly papers have been written in recent years detailing the effects of residential development on wildlife in the Rocky Mountain states. One paper noted that white-tailed deer display a high adaptability to human activity. Studies suggest that deer often select high-quality forage near residential structures and benefit from the reduced number of predators found there. Elk, however, initially respond to the presence of humans with increased vigilance and flight. Large developments such as ski areas are altering elk distributions during sensitive periods such as fawning, and this is leading to a decrease in their populations. But now, elk are beginning to move to areas that have restrictions against hunting, such as private lands. As hunter-friendly ranches increasingly are becoming transformed into subdivisions, more land is becoming available as a refuge for elk during hunting seasons. Bighorn sheep are also now wandering about populated areas searching for food and safety. Humans are crowding them out, and wise decisions will need to be made in the years ahead to equitably address these new realities. Sometimes human beings decide to let animals alone, to just be in their habitats. Humans adjust their patterns so as to coexist alongside other species. In Louisiana, near New Orleans, we were warned not to walk Mac and Molly by a lake on a campground because the alligators that live therein are particularly fond of dog. While ziplining at Forever Florida in St. Cloud over pine flatwoods and forested wetlands, I was surprised when I looked down and saw an alligator looking back up at me. I was comforted by the knowledge that I was 68 feet in the air and traveling at speeds of up to 30 miles per hour. On my Aronica Wildlife Conservation Center, I was greeted by a muster of peacocks and peahens. While riding there in an all-terrain safari coach, I was especially intrigued by our guide's commentary on the cracker cattle, cracker oxen, and cracker horses that all call the adjacent Crescent Jay Ranch home. It turns out the animals trace their ancestry in direct line back to those first brought to Florida in the 1500s by Ponce de Leon. On the other side of the country, in South Dakota's Custer State Park, we found some relatives of those Spanish cracker horses, burros, and the name comes from the Spanish word for donkey, most likely derived from the African wild ass, which survives in the semi-arid scrub in grasslands of Ethiopia, Eritrea, and Somalia. This charismatic relative of the horse, long of ear and muzzle, might have been domesticated a continent away, but it now spends its days on the prairies and pine savannas of South Dakota's Custer State Park. At the park, the burrows are feral. 
They were introduced into the area by humans and have reverted to a wild or semi-wild state. More specifically, the park's donkey squad descends from pack animals once used for treks to the Harney Peak Summit. Now naturalized, they often plead for food from park tourists in places like the Wildlife Loop Road, where they quite frequently cause traffic jams. Their boldness is such that they are now referred to as the Began Burrows. Gene and I and Mac and Molly were stunned and then fascinated to find these burrows poking their heads into our vehicle looking for handout. This band of Began Burrows, which word has it, especially crave crackers, is quite the racket going. Well, if we can coexist with other species, preserve the heritage of other species, and let the tamed of other species loose to be feral, perhaps we might also do what we can to ensure that still other species are protected so that they may continue to exist at all. Years ago, when Jean and I made our first trek across the country in an RV, We were amused and captivated by the antics of the very social, black-tailed prairie dogs whose communities we encountered while hiking near the Devil's Tower in Wyoming. It broke my heart to hear that these little creatures have now contracted the bubonic plague. Plague has been especially active in their populations in the northern Great Plains only within the last decade. But the plague was actually discovered among them as far back as 40 or more years ago. The disease appears to be spreading to encompass the entire range of the species. Some environmentalists, and the National Wildlife Federation in particular, are convinced the prairie dog has become an endangered species, even though millions still roam the Great Plains. Some of the research suggests that the numbers of prairie dogs have been reduced by 98% since 1900, reduced through plague, hunting, and other factors. And there are concerns about protecting the prairie dogs that go beyond their numbers. The well-being and the very survival of other species, perhaps most notably burrowing owls, appear to be dependent on prairie dogs. More attention is now being paid to what can be done to keep the prairie dogs from vanishing. As I recall, all these years later, the comical squeaks of the prairie dogs I think how sad it would be to hear those voices silenced. When Jean and I were camping in Death Valley, California, I realized one night that I was hearing not one sound. Not an insect, not a bit of running water, not a single creature stirring, not an engine purring, not a cell phone ringing. Dead silence. I looked up to find a night sky, unblemished by light pollution, And awestruck I stood beneath the most spectacular, stellar display it has ever been my privilege to behold. As I strove to take it all in, I found myself as in that moment with the elephants of Wange, weeping. I was profoundly moved in that silence, under that star-spangled sky. And as I recall those moments now, I seek the lessons in them. It was eye-opening. It was instructive to hear the soundlessness. I was led to think of the sounds of nature I would miss if I could never hear them again. The chirp of a robin, the chatter of a monkey, the rustle of the pronghorn moving through the grassland, the powerful clambering of the bighorn as it makes its way up a stony hillside, the trumpet of an elephant, the call of a humpback whale, the groan of a walrus, 
the whinny of a horse, the bray of a burrow, the clicks of a dolphin, the barks of a prairie dog, the barks of our own Mac and Molly. How precious is this world which we call home, and how blessed we are to share that home with creatures that crawl and swim and fly, creatures that amble and arc and strut and slither. In a future episode, we'll expand our consideration of wildlife to look to the air and to look to the sea. I hope you'll make time today to get out into the natural world, listening for, looking out for, and celebrating the wonderful creatures that so enhance and enrich our lives. Photographs of some of the animals mentioned today can be found in the blog that accompanies this program. I invite you to visit that page, and I invite you to tune in next time as we head out on the road with Matt and Molly. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.